is brewed. Phone lines are open. And the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Welcome back. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. number two. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Glad you have come back with us again. Uh, second hour out on a Monday morning edition of the Watchdog Morning Show. It is 810, 10 minutes after the hour, looking at 67 degrees. Warming up a little bit at uh, the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 65 at the Highlands. 66 at uh, Elm Grove and 65 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. There is some fog floating around outside, and also you might begin to see a little bit of that old wildfire smoke that we had from before uh, coming back again. Otherwise, partly sunny, a high of 88 today, so it's going to be a really warm day. Sunny, 82 for the next couple of days, maybe some rain coming in on Thursday and Friday. That's what we have to uh, look forward to here. As the Watchdog Morning Show moves on. Uh, well, he, he told us he was going to be here in, quote, my usual time. So, Good morning, Gene. At 8, 10 in the morning, Gene is here at his usual time. Good morning, Gene. Good morning. I want to get right to this little story, okay? Yeah, let's, let's have it. A Gene wait. story. Okay. My wife had to go to a doctor, and his office is down in South Wheeling. Uh, the old YWCA, you know where it's at? I yes. Know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, uh, my son tells me, calls me and says, don't go. You're going to, it, it, Wheeling's a mess. I said, well, I got to get your mom to this doctor. Right. So anyhow, we go to the doctor. We're on our way over there. And now we're coming down through Wheeling. And, and as we get down uh, past the, uh, uh, where that big parking lot is, where the bank is on the left-hand side, a car almost pulls out in front of me, and I let the guy go. And I said to my wife, I'll follow him. He's from West Virginia. If we get any problems, that guy will know this place. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyhow, we're following him down the road there, and all of a sudden these guys are waving us. and they said, One guy waved him on, so I followed him. And another guy come out and said, you got to turn around. You can't go this way. you got to go that way. And so we turned, I turned around, followed him, and then another guy told us to go this way. We were all over the place. <laughs> and and I, I said, oh, God. So finally, we ended up making it down to the doctors. Good. Now, That's we're good. coming back after the appointment. We're coming back up, and we wanted to stop at that, that uh, uh, jewelry store that has the cage in front of it. We've been there several times. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right there on, on uh, Market Street, yeah. And, uh, the jewelry and, uh, and watch repair company. But we couldn't we couldn't find a parking place. You can't pull over, can't do anything. I said to Gail, ah, hell with it, we'll just keep on going. Maybe sometime we'll come back over. Because we've been over there several times, and we like that guy over there. He's a nice guy. Yes, it's a, they're very now, nice people. So now we're driving back up, and I'm going to get to the ramp, you know, where you loop over and come down on the Fort Henry Bridge. Yep, over the, over the top of the tunnels, yeah. Yep. Now, meantime, I'm looking in the rearview mirror, and this guy is on my ass. I mean, he is <laughs> right on me, and and there's no place to pull over because I like to. I want to pull over and get out and wrap him in the head. Oh, you sound like Bob Slider. <laughs> yeah, well, Bob's right. Anyhow, he's right on me, and and, and Gil said, 
Why is that guy? I said, I don't know. He's a goofy. He wants to go 90 miles an hour. And I'm not His roads are killing my car now. So we get up on the ramp. Now we come down, and we're going to get on the Fort Henry Bridge. And we get on the Fort Henry Bridge. And there's trucks and cars and guys in the right lane all over the place. So I'm going slow. All of a sudden, this gray car, it's got a little blue light in it. And it's going beep, beep. I said, what the, who the hell, what the hell is that guy doing? And she said, I don't know. And he keeps going, beep, 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 beep. So i got to get off there. It's a ramp. Go down on the island. And I said, I'm pulling over here and find out what this guy wants. <laughs> Guess who it was? Um, I have no idea. I know. I don't know. I'm Mark. We police department. Uh-oh. So he wasn't saying hi, huh, Gene? Okay. So now, early old routine. Driver's license and registration and all that junk. And he said, uh, uh, Mr., uh, I've been following you up there in Wheeling. He said, uh, you, you know where you're at? I said, in Wheeling now? No, I don't know where I was at. I said, you guys had me going all over the damn place? He goes, but are you familiar with Wheeling? I said, let me tell you something, buddy. I've been going to Wheeling before you were alive. I said, we spent more time in Wheeling a year. I said, we used to go to the Bamboo Lounge. And I said, how about, how about Palace? We used to go to the Palace. I said, you don't know what went on at the Palace. I said, you can eat. You can watch a stripper. You know, if you wanted to, you can gamble. I know because my uncle dealt cards there. And anyhow, then if you wanted a little action, you just went behind the Palace and went in to one of those 18 whorehouses that was up and down the road. I said, do you remember that? He looked at me like I was nuts. Anyhow, so now we're on the island, and he goes, well, now I want you to be careful. Are you familiar with the island? I said, here we go again. <laughs> I said, uh, I used to come over here on the island. Matter of fact, I come with my dad when they had the races down there. Races? Yeah, I said they had horse races. Not little dog races. They had horse races. And I said, we used to come over and drive them go-karts. Where was that at? I said, down by the casino. He goes, oh. I, I looked at him and I said, you're asking me if I know where I'm at. I said, you want to take a little history of Wheeling <laughs> find out what the hell's going on here. So did, he, did, he, did he give you a ticket or anything or pat you, you on the head or what? I'm coming to the end of it. He goes, I'm going to give you a warning. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Driving too slow. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Well, and you don't know where you're going, apparently, according to the cops. So when you said that's true, I don't really know because. And who doesn't drive slow? I mean, everybody. I mean, I come down here every day, Gene, and I drive slow. I mean, that, I'm glad you didn't get a ticket, buddy. Well, I mean, uh, you get on a Ford Henry, they got all them trucks and cars and guys working, and he wants me to go say, he said it's an interstate. You got to go 70 miles an hour. I said, I'm going slow because there's people working. They're, they got a whole line of guys working. I don't know what they're doing on that Fort Henry Bridge. Well, you must have been going slow, Gene. <laughs> but that's that's my story. Uh, so they was kept turning around, go this way, go that way. Who was oh. the, who was the guy you were following? I thought it was you. I thought that was going to be the rest of the story. I thought he was going to say it was it was Howard Monroe. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> 
All right, Gene. Hey, I appreciate it, pal. Uh, you're going to have to pick up a little speed next time you go over that bridge. That's all I'm going to tell you. Oh, so you don't get the beep, 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 beep. You don't want to get the pop. I'd have told him I'm never coming back, Gene. I w- I, that would have really insulted me. I'm sorry. It would have. Hey, Howard, if I could say one more thing. You know what hypocrites we are. You know that? We are really hypocrites. You were talking about gambling and bookies and all that stuff. Every place around me, all over this valley, they're all bookies. They play the lottery, don't they? Well, it's things that we used to consider to be uh, illegal crime are now... Part of the normal routine. Got to run, Gene. Thank you for your call, pal. Appreciate thanks, buddy. it. Great story. Great story. Um, thanks a lot. Would you have been ticked? I mean, you're driving slow. You drive slow. Hey, you I, don't listen, drive fast. As you know better than many people, I am a slow driver. That's and, why they have been known to call me Mr. Magoo. And you would think, look around, everybody. The slower, the better right now, I would think. Especially on the, on the Fort Daniel Bridge. Really. Absolutely. We just talked about that last week. You better slow down there. Brad McElhinney coming up next year on the Watchdog Morning Show. Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Most of us are faced with uncertainty every day. Your job, your finances, sporting events, schooling for your children, and so much more. With so much uncertainty surrounding you, there is one auto dealership that you can be certain about, and that's Doan Ford. You can be certain that you always get a great deal and the best service afterwards. Being in business for over 50 years has given Doan Ford the reputation of being a strong, reliable dealership. Be certain. Choose Doan Ford. Online at DoanFord.com. I'm not buying till I check Doan Ford. Over the years, you've brought opioids into your home. They helped when you were in pain, and you held on to them just in case. But holding on to opioids puts your family at risk. Learn more at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. College and NFL football are back, baby. Watchdog brings your favorite teams to your speakers. Let's go Mountaineers. On WKKX, WVLY, FM 98.1, 97.7, AM 1600, 1370. And let's go Dog Pound on WKKX, FM 98.1, AM 1600. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. No one in between. How can we be wrong? Sail away with me to another world. And we rely on children. Uh-uh. Doesn't sound like Kenny Rogers. It's Dolly and Kenny. 
Dolly and Kenny together. So it's the four of them, Howard. Oh, it's right. a quartet. A quartet. That would be one, two, three, four. Right. Four, right? Four of them. Eric had them. Okay, very good. Four. I didn't. All right, because we're, we're tributing uh, Kenny Rogers today on his birthday. And I uh, thought that, that doesn't sound like Kenny. It doesn't sound like Kenny, but Dolly Parton's okay. 821 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Back to school for many of you. I got some criticism over the weekend. You know, Bob, I wrote the new intros for the show uh, that Mr. Big Voice Announcer Man did. And they say things like, uh, you know, uh, the, the chalk is fresh, the blackboards are ready, and the teachers are going back to school. And a couple of people, including one of my own kids, said, Dad, they don't use blackboards anymore. They don't write with chalk. You sound like so old. I guess I should say the whiteboards are charged and the laser pointers are ready or whatever. But somehow, blackboards, erasers, and chalk to me represent back to school. So You're still in the 70s, Howard. I, I am still in the 70s. Uh, let's bring in Brad McElhinney from Metro News. Good morning, Brad. Hey. Yes, I, I tend to agree with Howard. Um, I, I mean, I... My kids' backpack is lighter these days because all the books are on computer. Yeah. On the other hand, there's there's less romanticism to it. You know, you're you got a smart board and yeah, you got you your know, iPad. I know that it works better, I guess, but you know, I love the blackboard and I liked it when you had to pound the erasers to get the, the chalk out of them. You know, but. But again, I as as people accuse me so often, I'm I'm afraid I live in the past. I like your phrase though. There was romance to that, romance to the blackboard and the chalk and the pounding of the erasers and and uh, you know all of the things you have to, have to have to take with you these days. These days, most kids are given a laptop or an iPad or something. You just go ahead and that's that's pretty much all you have. I don't think we're way off topic here, but I don't think I could study on a computer. I mean, you can read a book, but I, I, you know, if I, you know, if I'm studying something, I need to be able to write in the margins and underline things and all that kind of stuff. And I know that you could kind of do that with, you know, iPads or computers, but I, I don't know. To me, education, learning is more tactile to me than that. I agree with you. And I, you know, I have to read a lot of documents, court filings and stuff. And I try to save on inkjet cartridges by yeah. not printing everything out but it's i would like to be able to scribble yeah that's exactly right well let's talk about going back to school back to school at uh, wvu where they're in the midst of all kinds of controversy right now when are the students back this week i believe so because students are having a walkout today around noontime uh, i you know i don't quite know how many students are participating but they are flexing a little muscle on the student side today. I thought it was interesting. Earlier in the week or late last week, um, Metro News had a story, got in front of me. Dean of Students is WVU student body largely mum on institutional transformations. And um, I, I don't know whether that energized him or what. Oh, yeah, you want us to be mum? How about this? We'll stage a walkout. So there's going to be a walkout uh, today uh, protesting the, the, the cuts. These these cuts that WVU uh, cuts reorganization realignment all the phrases that get used these are getting a huge amount of national attention all of the major media New York Times Washington Post have all done stories about it Chronicle of Higher Ed has done several stories about it um, it is being seen by some as a um, you know canary in the coal mine for higher ed and so we, we, there's a lot of focus on what's happening at WVU. 
Well, there's a lot there, and, you know, WVU has to pay its bills, so there's that as a sort of baseline. But but the choices you make under the umbrella of we got to pay the bills, you know, reveal what your priorities are. And so it, it, the Washington Post headline, for example, really emphasized the, the the cutting of the world languages department. And that's not just for people majoring in world languages. It's also, you know, kids who have to take Spanish or French or whatever as a requirement for their major. They're going to be, I guess, taking those classes online now. So it's, you know, it's seen as, all right, which, which philosophy do you believe? Do, do the programs at an institution of higher learning have to justify themselves like in a business world? I mean, do they, do they need to have a large following of student enrollment? Uh, do they essentially have to make money? Do they need to lead to uh, the jobs of the future in the tech industry? Or are, are some of these programs, you know, the, the basis of liberal democracy, critical thinking? Um, and, and that divide, I think, is what is what West Virginia is currently arguing about, but also what is getting the attention of these national publications that you mentioned, like the Washington Post, the New York Times, Chronicle of Higher Education. The um, the argument that E. Gordon Gee made, uh, I think on, on Statewide Talk Line a week or so ago, was, well, it, it, so many of the students taking foreign languages are only taking them because they're required to take a foreign language and therefore, if we didn't, therefore, it's not really a desire on their part. And I think I'm paraphrasing what he was trying to say is that, you know, basically these are students who aren't really wild about foreign languages. They just have to take it. But to me, that misses a point. There is a reason the university asks you to have a foreign language because they believe that a well-rounded citizen knows foreign language and foreign culture. And yes, there are students who, if they did not have to be exposed to foreign language or foreign culture, would never be exposed. But the point of a higher of a well-rounded education, in Old Monroe's opinion, is to be exposed to things that you don't necessarily say to yourself, "Boy, I want to be exposed to." I would tend to agree with you, and you know, I will say when I was a student. Uh, I, I took Spanish classes, and they were not my favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, but if if that rule of thumb were to apply, oh, these students don't even want to take whatever. Uh, that applied to me also for my math classes and my science classes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the math department, so speaking of math, the math department is now speaking up about uh, their cuts. For, for a couple of weeks was the uh, world languages and the affiliated departments that were, were very vocal about the cuts that were being made or the reorganizations being made or whatever. Uh, now the math department is starting to speak up as well and taking a look at the things that are cut in the math department. Mm -hmm. I, if I remember correctly, the math department is losing its Ph.D. program, but also just generally cutting back on faculty. Right. So, yeah, I saw um, I, I, Amelia Nicely in West Virginia Watch has an article that, that has some insight from math students at WVU. Uh, I, one of the the national publications we talked about, I think maybe the New York Times, has a math professor talking about the necessity and the value of of such programs. Uh, so yeah, they're they're all pushing back. WVU has made it clear. Well, we got a forty five million dollar gap. 
a $75 million gap, we believe, in the future, and we've got to narrow that somehow. Uh, one of the ways is they've raised tuition, but the other is they, WVU's officials say, well, we, we have to cut something. Uh, so, you know, I think no matter what they were cutting, we'd be having an argument over, all right, is that the right thing to do? But to the earlier point, you know, unfortunately, West Virginia already has a reputation for being pretty insular, yeah. uh, for being very white, for being um, rural, for being uh, a lot of aging, not much inbound population. And, you know, there's a there's a perception issue with cutting your foreign language program, too, as, as well as that, probably, as you alluded, a cultural value priority that, that, that is reflected. And so I, I think that one is really one that catches the imagination because of the greater context of, of West Virginia. All right. So there's a $45 million current um, financial shortfall. Uh, they say it's going to raise to maybe as much as 75 in a handful of years. Um, and this is a personal opinion. I blame the administration for not having seen this coming sooner. And I blame the legislature for having not uh, continued higher education at adequate levels. I mean, I think there are, there's blame to be put to how we got to where we are. But here's the question. Why, at this point, why not turn to the legislature and say, look at all this miserable attention that the state is getting because of what we're doing here at WVU. Uh, it's, it's not good for the state. The, this, the, the publicity itself is terrible let alone we're not going to be putting out the students that we'd like to put out, why not go back to the legislature and ask for some more money? Oh, um, you know, a, a couple things. The, the bad publicity is coming from the New York Times and the Washington Post and, uh, you know, Chronicle of Higher Education. And, and one baseline reaction might be that, I'm sorry, that, this is not my view, but but it might be the view of others that those are fake news. That that is the mainstream media, and you right. know they're they're just always going to look at flyover country in a certain way. I, I, the other argument I think is that in, in some ways the legislature has provided good support for WVU. Uh, so fifty five million dollars this year for WVU Medicine. $50 million for the WVU Cancer Institute, $210 million, not just for WVU, but for higher education generally. And WVU would be expected to get the biggest portion, but $210 million for deferred maintenance for higher education buildings. The, the third thing I would point to is a, a legislative philosophy. Um, you know, so I've got the story from Friday that quotes Kelly Allen of the West Virginia Center on Budget and Policy is saying that 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 WVU in terms of state funding is is way down compared to a decade ago. And especially that's the case if you take a look at it compared to inflation. And and shortly below her are quotes from uh, the Senate Finance Chairman Eric Tarr, who said, you know, we have been trying to keep the state budget absolutely level and when you take inflation into account that actually is a reduction and then tar you know expresses that like that requires state agencies to have to tighten their belt and it occurred to me as i as i wrote those things side by side well 
Kelly Allen of the West Virginia Center on Budget and Policy and Eric Tarr, the Republican finance chairman, are basically saying, stating the same agreed-upon set of facts, but perceiving it in very different ways. You know, Allen would say that the state is not supporting higher education in a way that, that demonstrates value. And Tarr is saying, well, we are intentionally trying to make WVU cut back. You know, it is a it is a real difference in basic philosophy, and I understand it, and it's an argument that's gone on for a long time. Uh, you see in Tarr's comments and, and other Republican, therefore, comments, the belief that the job of government is to try to, to save money, not save money, well, also save money as much as possible, to not spend money as much as possible. I'm among the belief that the job of government is to do things. Therefore, uh, if you have the money to, to spend, you should put it into things that are that are important, uh, and I think educa- higher education is. But that's an ongoing, long-term debate, and it certainly is a fair and legitimate argument about the use of government. Uh, I think Gordon Gee said on Hoppy Show uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I lose track of time now, but I think it was a couple of weeks ago, he said he would not ask the legislature for more money because, as you point out, they have continued to provide, I don't know what you call them, grants or special funding for specific uh, projects. It's not as if WVU is not getting money. It's just they're not getting it in terms of the, you know, what I'll call general fund money, if you will. Um, but Guy says he's not going to not gonna ask him for any more money. And you talked, and I don't think you talked to, actually, I think they came on Hoppy Show, but you did a story last weekend about um, at least a couple of key senators from that area who said they're not going to request more money either. That's right. That was uh, that was a couple of the mics of the state senate, Mike <laughs> Oliverio and Mike Caputo, and they put out a statement on Friday that the, the importance of what they had to say is they represent the area, um, and and it's bipartisan. Oliverio is a Republican now from Montague County, Caputo a longtime Democrat from from Marion County, and they they acknowledge the pain WVU is feeling. Said you know we we feel what you're going through, but then the bottom line is they said that. They, they described it as change that is unavoidable. They said, we know some of the decisions the university is making are sure not popular and have real costs associated with them. However, we also understand the university needs to make some serious changes in order to remain the community stalwart it has been in the past. And I take that to mean, all right, we understand. We've got to tighten the belt. Um, Oliverio on Talkline on Friday said the state support has been significant. He went on to say we have done a lot of things to help WV with their cash flow, and now it will be up to them to make some decisions internally that they need to make. So it's coming down to they're not going to probably ask for or get a lot of additional general funding for the university. Uh, so now it comes down to now the question becomes, as the argument is being played out in many media, local as well as national, what's the right way to reorganize a major land-grant flagship uh, university? Um, and is E. Gordon Gee and his team, are they doing the right way of, of readjusting and, and realigning? And, uh, I mean, I, on the surface of it, I have a lot of concerns about it, but then, quite frankly, nobody asked me. So <laughs> I guess it's not really my, my job. But uh, the question comes down to, how are they going to do this? And it looks like a lot of what they're doing is pretty draconian. You know, the entire World Languages Department gone. 
Um, that's, I don't know. I don't know. I, this is, this is going to continue to be a, a, a story. I don't, I don't see, I'll ask you if you would, but I don't see any shot that, I guess these, but I will, let me, let me back up. These are not the final decisions. These are the, the final recommendations, but there still is an appeal process uh, that could go on, right? The appeals process is going on the next couple of weeks, and there are 90 minutes dedicated to appeals. But the bottom line on the advice was WVU has made these decisions with a pretty high degree of knowledge, and you need to make a different argument than we've ever heard before. So then the Board of Governors in early September will come together and presumably finalize the decisions. You know, one one thing I was thinking about as we talked was that, you know, sometimes these decisions can be made in a vacuum. But West Virginia has made a series of pretty impressive economic development announcements. And one I'm thinking yes. of is, is Form Energy in Hancock County. But there are others all around the state, uh, really modern manufacturing businesses that are I think expected, anticipated to do business in the global market. And so some of these programs that WVU is cutting, if you're making those strides, wouldn't you want people in your population to have expertise in foreign languages to help participate in the global market or uh, to be mathematics experts for these kinds of STEM jobs that should be developing uh, through through these announced businesses and, and the ones that take shape right next to them. Uh, so, I, you know, I, what I wonder is, given WVU's role as the land grant, uh, an economic driver, something that shapes the education and culture of West Virginia, should we be having a broader conversation about, well, what do we expect to be delivered to help West Virginia's economy, to help it participate in the world? And aren't some of these things programs that would help that that would provide benefit in that broader view yeah i i I think so too um again i think it's unlikely you'll see changes in the administration's uh, plans but maybe an appeals process an argument can be made that uh that will modify at least what uh, what they're doing and i i gotta run on uh, brad but correct me if i'm wrong this isn't necessarily the end of the cuts and reorganization right this is the beginning I think that's possible, but, you know, mathematically, um, well, I don't know any math because the program's being cut, but $45 million is what WVU says it has to make up right now, but it it cut into the full amount by using savings, by using reserves. And the university has anticipated that in future years, that $45 million could grow to $75 million. And so I, I think it is possible that there could be more rounds of, of trimming back. Yep. All right, sir, I appreciate your time today. We'll be checking things out at WVMetroNews.com. New info always posted there. Also on your, oh, no, I can't say Twitter page anymore. Your X page. Is it a page now? Your X? Your X? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Out out, out on X, you might be able to still find me there somewhere. Okay. You're on X somewhere there. And, of course, are you on uh, with Dave today on uh, on the statewide talk line? I am. Uh, the time unknown, but I think we're going to get into some WVU stuff and more. Okay. All right. Well, good talking to you. I appreciate it. Uh, I want you to know, by the way, you were gone, and the audience should know you were taking your what your daughter around to some colleges, right, a week or so ago, and so you weren't on for a whole week. When you were gone, 
I literally had people calling and saying, uh, is something wrong with Brad? You haven't talked to Brad for over a week. What's why? Where, why is Brad not on? So. <laughs> Oh, well, that's, that's kind of people to think of me. They cared about you. All right, Brad, appreciate it. Fine. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks a lot. All right, thanks. 841, 19 to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. Who uh Rebecca is here with Ohio Valley Headlines. Good morning. I'm Rebecca Little with a look at your headlines for this Monday, August 21st. Looking across the mountain state, another major company has chosen West Virginia as an economic destination. Fidelis New Energy is based in Houston and will be investing $2 billion into a hydrogen production center that will be based on 11 acres of land in Mason County. More than 100 workers will be involved in the construction, but once it's finished, the plant will give around 800 people full-time jobs. And city officials in McMeckin held a town hall to get feedback from the community on a new city ordinance. McMeckin officials invited local landlords and renters to come out and voice their concerns and opinions on a new ordinance that could potentially help ongoing issues with the crime in the city. City leaders say there have been drug activity issues involving renters within the city in the past few months. Officials modeled their ideas off of an existing ordinance already in place in Weirton that is proving beneficial. And the first case of West Nile Skeeters has appeared in West Virginia. That's according to the CDC. The case is reported as a presumptive viremic blood donors, otherwise known as people who have no symptoms at the time of donating blood, but whose blood tests positive when screened for West Nile virus. West Virginia is now among 27 states, not including Kentucky and Ohio, who have reported cases of the disease. As of August 15th, there are 190 cases countrywide so far this year. Officials say the best way to protect yourself is wearing insect repellent and loose fitting and long sleeve shirts and pants. And that was a look at your headlines for this Monday, August 21st. Have a great day, everybody. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands with a full array of quick service choices from McDonald's, Wendy's, Five Guys, Taco Bell, Jersey Mike's, Jimmy John's, Chick-fil-A, or DiCarlo's Pizza. Or you can dine in at Eden Park, Promanti Brothers, Texas Roadhouse, El Paso, or Quaker Steak and Lube. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. Trio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. From estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Trio and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free outside consultation. 304-233-3168. Or visit FrioAndStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Trio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and and everything on it. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. The kitchen for a bite. Oh, then I see my old guitar in the night. Just waiting for me like a secret friend And 
underrated I, I think you're probably he he was so prolific and so I'm not sure what word I want to use um, that it's easy to overlook him or, un, or over, underrate him I think you're absolutely right and when I think of Kenny Rogers no I'm not going to compare him to Elvis but man the women loved him you know the women really connected with yes Kenny Rogers. I remember and he was in ta- I mean, he performed a couple of times here I think at West Banco did he not I believe so. I think I even can remember Jamboree in the Hills, which is a blur, blur but I, I believe so. I think I've, I've seen Kenny Rogers a couple of times. And, and again, I believe he's underrated. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. So Kenny Rogers' uh, birthday today, he would have been, what did you say? He would have been 85 today. 85 years old today. Or as I like to say, 85 years young. When you're my age, that's 85. Is, that's okay. Let's uh, let's. Uh, Let's aim for that. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. 8:46, 14 to the hour. Partly sunny, high around 88 today. A sunny and 82 tomorrow. A sunny 82 on Wednesday. Maybe some rain coming in on Thursday and Friday. But temperatures still going to be pushing close to 90. We'll be in the high 80s at the uh, tail end of the week. So, um, have you noticed? It seems like the, the world is paying more attention to outer space these days. More attention to space programs and so on you know we've been talking about circling the moon and of course the mars probe and so on russia sent their first lunar mission in decades up recently how's that working out well here yeah um, no they they crashed (laughs) on the moon did they make it to the moon they made it to the moon yes and and then into the moon ah there is a new crater now in the moon well i don't know if that's true or not but yeah Russia's first lunar mission in decades ended in failure. The Luna 25 crashed into the moon's surface. I love this phrase here in the story. The incident is a blow to Russia's space ambitions. Yeah, pretty much. When you crash your when you crash your spacecraft into the moon, when you plan to land on the moon and you crash the that's a blow to your space program. You know what I thought, though? But when, when you're at war, what the hell are you worried about the moon for? I mean, is that going to be your, like your secret weapon? Well, you know, that's a somewhat scary thing. And that, that is a good point because, and we and listen, one of the reasons that we funded NASA so aggressively back in the 70s was because it was seen as a potential military issue. And I, I suspect that Russia has that on their head as well. Yes, they're still they got the war in Ukraine, but if they look to the future, control of space is going to be an important thing. Who's going to control space? Yeah, and I think they're lagging way, way, way behind there. And well, I'm, I think I'm they look like saying, it now. And I'm just saying, Howard, I believe next month will be the year anniversary when uh, they were saying, just be patient. Just be patient. The weather's a little bit of a problem, but we are going back to the uh, moon and we will have pictures, and we will prove once and for all that we were there. Remember that, Howard? And they said, well, it's kind of pushed back a little bit because of the weather. Whatever did happen to that? Yeah, whatever did happen to that, Howard? Yeah, you're going to force me to go look that, because that, yes. It didn't happen, that's you're why. Right. You're right. They were, they did, they, there was an um, uh, unmanned plan to go up. Did we do it? Seriously, did we? Did, I can't. Somebody help me. No, uh, they were we? probably waiting to see how Russia did. So maybe they might have pushed that back yeah, for a little bit. Said, let's, you know what, let's not. Uh, remember, we've the original space program followed the successful launch of Sputnik. That was the beginning of the space race. My God, Russia could send that up into space. We have to get up there with them. This time it's, oh, my God, Russia crashed on the moon. Why don't we just... We'll keep looking at Mars. <laughs> we'll keep, keep keep looking at Mars. 
Uh, anyways, this would have been the Russia's first lunar landing mission in 47 years. Um, but the last time they were on the surface of the moon, uh, 1976. This, of course, was a robotic. There were no people involved. And no, no cosmonauts. No cosmonauts. Um, but not a good look for the Russians. Man, Putin's having a rough year. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Excuse me, let's have a military report. How are we doing in Ukraine? They're blowing up our buildings here. We're not making any progress. All right, what about space? How are we doing in space? How'd that slip? About that mutiny a couple months ago. How's that working out? We, we, we crashed into the we crashed into the moon. Yeah, but everybody loves me, right? Well, no, there was a rebellion. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good point. Um, I am always, you know, we promote. Uh, it, by the way, it's eight fifty ten to the hour here on the Watchdog. Do I need to take a? I would take take a break, don't I? Yeah, you don't have to right now, but well, yeah, we I, want to, I want to talk about Dr. Cummings, but let's uh, 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 Bishop Cummings and their adopted student program this past weekend, and maybe some other stuff. So let's do a break first, and then we'll come back to that. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands? WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care, close to home, developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery, improving healing rehab time and outcomes offering innovative heart care through our wvu heart and vascular institute establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff providing comprehensive world-class women's health services and equipping the wvu cancer institute at wheeling hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care we embody the mountaineer spirit building upon strong traditions moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. Babies come with lots of decisions. Cloth or disposable? Crib or bassinet? So when it comes to protection, go with the safest, most effective choice, vaccination. Get all the recommended vaccines for your baby by age two to protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases. For more reasons to vaccinate, talk to your child's doctor. Go to cdc.gov vaccines or call 800-CDC-INFO. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Every weeknight at 6 p.m., join the voice of the Mountaineers, Tony Caridi, on The Watchdog. Tony informs and entertains WVU fans with the latest Mountaineer sports news. If it happens in the world of gold and blue, Tony knows about it and shares it with you. Sportsline, weeknights at 6 on The Watchdog. Lazy summer days are turning to time in the classroom. Meeting old friends and Friday night football. It's back to school. And we're there with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness. The boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. He I said, mentioned he was very prolific, but this probably his signature song, maybe? 
Well, on the countryside, it has to be, but I think he had a big hit with Lady, too. You know, oh, I, Lady was big. You know, yeah. that, was, that was really big. I could probably look it up as far as record sales. but uh, No, but you're right. I well, Yeah, you're right. I think another big one. For but him. now, when I think about it, I say, what song is most, if we did like a Survey Says Family Feud, I would say it's this one right here, Howard. The Gambler. The I Gambler, mean, yeah. It's kind of his nickname, right? I would say yes. So. And, and think about it, and I did, didn't until right now. He spun this off as an acting career. Remember, he did a couple of those he stupid movies that you probably watched on Hallmark or something, you know, where he portrayed that character, the gambler. Very good point. Uh, 8.53, 7 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I wanted to talk just briefly about our good friend Bishop Cummings. Um, we, we promote his programs often on this show, and I am so happy to do that because, as we both have said, there are very few people who devote the time, the energy, the effort to the community that Bishop Cummings does, and, and he deserves credit beyond what he gets. And he gets a lot of credit, but he deserves even more. But w when he does these programs, he oftentimes, Bob, I have not been up to watch one of the giveaway programs. I've never been in the building. But he oftentimes will do a, a Facebook video of it. And I was looking at a couple of them that he did this weekend for his Adopt-A-Student program. And I'm looking at all of the stuff that's in there, and I'm thinking to myself, how does he collect all this and organize all this? And he, you know, he walks through, you know, here we have the binders, and here we have the book bags, and here we have, you know, table after table of paper and pencils, and over here we have uh, the clothing. And, and he walked a couple of people through showing him, and these people are just like, it's their kids at Christmas. You know, it's like, can I take there? Yes, take what you need. And over here, here's the food. Here are the cucumbers. Here are the tomatoes. Here's the meat. It's just, I, I know we talk about it, but to see it in action. And again, I didn't, I've never been up there. I really should do that. And I should go and help sometime, I suppose. But to watch those videos of, of how much he has and how organized it is and how these people respond so much to this who don't have anything, and here he's got everything these kids need for back to school. Bishop Cummings is many things. Listening to you, Howard, uh, the thing that jumps out at me most, he's a giver. What do you need? Yes. He, 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 that's, what, that's what he does. No, he does many, many things. But it's what do you need? It, it begins with that phrase, yeah, what, what do you need? What do you need? And sometimes it's what does the community need? But often it's just what do you as an individual need? And, you know, we didn't talk a lot about it when he was here with us last week. Uh, he pointed out the very end of our conversation, this Adopt-A-Student program, or call it back-to-school giveaway or whatever. Uh, it was a one-day event up there at the uh, Dream Center on Saturday. But as he pointed out, we will then help these students all year long. They need. It turns out they, they need a new backpack. We're there to help them. Turns out they, they, they need new we're, – we're there to help them. You know, it's not a uh, one and done. They, they care for these people. I know the strain that it put on my mother back to school, you know, uh, and I know the strain on my wife and I, uh, you know, the, the kids going back to school. And to take that burden away and then, by the way, can, here we have some food here or we have some clothes, yeah. whatever, whatever <laughs> you need. Again, that's just awesome. It's amazing. And it's not, just, it's not just pens and pencils and paper. And backpacks, backpacks are so important to kids. And I was watching uh, some of the, they were older kids, but in some of the videos that the, that the bishop did, looking, sorting through the backpack, because they want just the right one, you know, they want the right backpack. I know Teddy's like that. It was a little kid. He wants the right character on his backpack. 
And they got all these things up there. Got them all. And we think about giving. Think about how much time he gives. 326 people were helped, according to the numbers I'm looking at here. Over 100 families were uh, walked through that uh, place. He told us he was going to rest up for a couple of days when it was all over. So yeah, uh, great, great just, job, Bishop. I, I just I know we talk about him often. We talk with him often, and and we've discussed this specific thing. But when I see it in action, and I just look at that room filled with all, the, and I say to myself. The effort it takes to get it, you know, it's not 10 backpacks. I don't know what the number is, but it's 200 backpacks. It's not a couple of packs of paper. It's stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of paper and pencils and crayons. And then, as you point out, then they go, you want, you need some clothes? Every, kids need new clothes for school. You need shoes? Good shoes. And before we know it, how it will be Thanksgiving and then Christmas. It just ne- it never ends. And, they, and, the, and the bishop will be there to, to help, so... Uh, I know we we talk a lot about him as a, and with him, and uh, he just deserves happy to do it. Uh, just deserves a huge, huge, huge amount of credit. Well, just about nine o'clock. ABC covers the world for us next. They'll take a look at the. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We got the Canadian wildfires, the uh, uh, Hawaiian wildfires, the California hurricane, the California earthquake. All of that part of the... Uh, Are you ABC. going in a couple weeks, Howard? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we're heading that way, out towards that direction. Tonight is our night for the uh, every trip that, that the Uniglobe folks take. They always hold a, uh, a pre-planning meeting. And tonight's our night to get together with the team from Uniglobe and all of our, other, uh, of our travel mates. And uh, I asked Bill, what, uh, what do you know about that hurricane out there? Uh, are we going to be having to readjust ourselves in any way but i'll tell you what if anybody will know how to figure it out it's bill and the uniclobe team so anyways abc covers the world coming up uh, i want to talk about donald trump a little bit in the next hour of the show and uh, i just want to i want to bitch about the people who bitch i want to complain about the naysayers i do it too often but honest to goodness they just drive me up a wall and i'll talk about that coming up next hour no wind AM 1600 WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville.